Welcome to Her Enterprise with me, Melissa. Hey, and me, Kelly. And it's me, Nicole. Join this group of entrepreneurial women building community and masterminding through our problems. So we can all lean into your values, cut what doesn't serve you, and grow in abundance. Let's get to it, changemakers. All right. Well, hello, everybody. This is Kelly with Her Enterprise, and I'm here with Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me today. Hey, good to be here. And Melissa. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today? It's the, I'm so excited to be here today, and we're talking about pivoting, and some of us are being forced to pivot. Some of us are choosing to pivot because of everything that's happening or just the season we're in in life right now. And today we're just going to discuss what signs led us to pivot and how that turned out and along with some other lessons that we've learned in pivoting in our own personal or professional lives. And we're excited to share them with you and hopefully this will help you as you continue to balance and find your place in this next season of life. So yeah, let's go. I know Nicole was really excited to share a lot of what (laughs) she's going through with this. (laughs) Right. I was, yeah, I was excited because I'm in a pivot right now. I chose um, the year 2019, 2020 to be my mini retirement year. Um, where I stepped away from teaching after teaching for 12 years at the middle school and high school level Spanish, I chose to pivot and take a mini retirement. Um, The original plan was to move to Puerto Rico. And after um, about four months on the road, and last summer, if you know anything about Puerto Rico, it sort of fell apart. We have some family there and they begged us not to come. Um, As it turned out, there were earthquakes this year and a whole other slew of things that affected the country in ways or the territory in ways that were um, difficult. So we ended up settling in San Antonio and that right there was a huge pivot for me um, because I was planning on working with clients online, living on the island, teaching my student, my children Spanish fluently, um, having them be around some family. Um, the cost of living is lower, a little bit lower in San Juan and we're actually gonna be in a city called Mayaguez. Then the cost of living is in San Antonio, although San Antonio is a um, is cheaper than cost of living was right out of D.C. where we moved from. So I feel like I'm in a season of pivoting and um, I've had to pivot within the pivot because of the covid uh, pandemic. So um, I guess I just if you know you can work with a coach, one of my big tips for pivoting was if you're not sure if you should pivot. Um, maybe get the help of a coach. And I had um, a coach named Jillian Johnsrud, and she's actually part of the reason why we all met for her enterprise. And she really helped me work through this mini retirement year. Can I take a year and figure out what I could do with my business as opposed to just being in the classroom? I was burnt out. I had three children of my own, and I knew that I needed to do something different. So that's my big Um, sort of my piece of advice is if you can find someone who's done it, you can find a coach or a mentor who can sort of help you through the steps, especially with me, because I made a big jump and I'm still working through it. But that's one of my big takeaways for pivoting is if you can find a coach or a mentor, if you know it's a big jump, 
um, then go ahead and get, get some other eyes in there and get some advice. Do you, this might be too personal, so it's okay if nothing's too personal nothing's too personal (laughs) do you feel any disappointment around um yeah like that sounds like a huge change from being on an island and imagine how you'd imagine a mini retirement to like how it's happened now like do you have disappointment around that and how do you feel about I mean I imagine it's an ongoing process like working through that but how do you feel about where you're at and how your pivoting's turning out and then do you see that shifting directions you'll you perceive going in the future or um so I had to work through a lot of grief about Puerto Rico I went there in college my husband's from there so we had a lot of hope we had just gone there in January of 2019 to kind of figure out where we would live. We were looking at houses and of course we were going to rent something. We ended up having to buy a house here because it was, and we didn't even have the right kind of income to really buy a house. So that was a whole fiasco, just trying to get a place to live here in San Antonio. Um, so there was a lot of grief. I was sad probably for like a whole month, but also I had three children that needed to get in school and kind of get, and we needed a place to live. It just, I was so busy that I, that I worked through it on my own kind of um, when there were moments where I could feel bad or sad about it. Um, I'm really lucky that San Antonio is a Spanish speaking city. I mean, this is Mexican American culture. This is Tejan, this is Tejas. This is Tejano culture alive and well. Um, Everything is bilingual. So the language piece um, really made it easier to stay here because I didn't feel like I was giving up all of the Spanish I was hoping to give to my children. There is some of that culture here. Um, There is a vibrant culture that I that I was happy to come and settle here and feel like we can find friends and we can be um, at events. I can still go salsa dancing and you can go salsa dancing anywhere, but it's still there. The culture is strong here, the Tejano culture, and, and we like it. So we've been able to make that adjustment. It made it a little less sad, but um, it's it's not Puerto Rico, but there's a beach two hours away. There's bunches of lakes and Texas tubing and rope swinging into the water. And it's it's, it's cool. It's definitely a total different culture, which is what I wanted for the kids. So they are getting that. They are getting a total different culture, different perspective, new place, and there is Spanish language here. So those were pieces, those were part of the reason why my husband and I said, when Puerto Rico wasn't turning out the way we thought it would, we said, could we settle here? And that's when we started deciding. We decided in August last year to stay here permanently, and then we finally bought a home in November. It's great that you were able to find some of those aspects that would kind of have the community that you were kind of searching for, have the, the culture, like you said. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that. Thanks, Melissa. Yeah, it did, it did help ease it a little bit. It helped ease the transition a little bit. And what about you, Melissa? Do you have any pivoting stories to tell us? Yeah, so <laughs> I think a big pivot for me was the fact that when I had my kid and I was in school, I planned that my next kid, I'm going to take a whole year off. Like, that's what I want to do. But I'm also in like the personal finance community. So anybody who's heard about the one more year syndrome, like I just kept working because I was like, oh, I'm not really, I don't feel super financially secure yet. So I'm going to work a little bit longer and I'm going to work a little bit longer. Hmm. But at 
at a point, I actually got laid off from my job in aerospace. And even though I had planned to take that time off, to take a year off before my daughter was going into elementary school because I wanted to have like that focused um, parenting time, which is a big pivot in itself, going from like going to work and then being wanting to do the focused stay-at-home mom. That's a big pivot in, in your schedule. And even though it was planned, because the layoff was a surprise, I had to take time yeah. to process what just happened. Like, I'm not financially worried because of the layoff, but I am now, I really need to think about like, what is my day going to look like? What is my, what am I going to do with my time? And I think that can be a really challenging uh, thing when you do pivot is is just the fact that your schedule changes can be very dysregulating. Um, I mean, and I've had the experience, not just that layoff, but once my daughter was old enough to go into elementary school and now suddenly I had the whole day to myself, like that's a giant shift, a giant pivot in what your schedule looks like again. And what's your purpose? Like my purpose while I was at home was like, engaging and being with my daughter and then now she's at school so what's my purpose now what what am I going to do um so that that's those have been like the biggest lessons I've learned from pivoting is like even if you plan it if something happens for it to happen before you're before you get to your um Mm. day that you were planning to leave like you're going to be surprised and then just having to work through what your day looks like, even if you made a list of like, oh, these are all the things I'm going to do when I have the whole day to myself. Like it still takes time to adjust for a big pivot in your schedule. How about you, Kelly? Well, I was just going to go off of what you said for the layoff because so with COVID, my husband, it's interesting to see how we each process the layoff, right? So I have my own business and but it was forced to close for a few months, like a significant aspect of it. And then my husband was furloughed for four months and he's just going back next month, which is great. But, um, but it's interesting to see our process because right away when we were furloughed, I'm like, we're retiring. What do you want to do? It's a sabbatical. And then he's like, that is not the way to look at it. And I'm like, what other businesses do we want to start? Like my mind is immediately like, oh, what else can we do? And then he's like, no, it's the end of the world. And he spent like, three he spent like a good three months of his sabbatical like trying to find other jobs and working and I did this like map I'm like we have all the money that we need to make it through this like we have the personal capital we have the like I was like we don't have the emotional capital to risk you getting just some job for no reason because I like had a baby in this time and in, and I was like I don't want to risk covid <laughs> like in our house with a baby. So it was just really interesting to see all of our things and I feel like just the last couple weeks so it took him like a month to get creative again and then it took him like just the last couple weeks he was like all right 
it's fine. I've adjusted. We're on vacation or whatever. Like, what do we do with this time? And I was like, I, it would have been nice if you were here three months ago, but it's amazing to see our process and where that goes. Okay. So that was the point of that long <laughs> thing. Um, so I always see pivoting as a way to solve a problem and whether it's like a problem within our own lives or just a problem that we see in our community. And one of the biggest pivots that I've seen professionally in our business, in my business was when I added services. So I was a doula for 10 years. And then I, I think like, well, 2009. Yeah. So 11, 10, 11 years. And then I, um, added doing cranial sacral and then shifted into doing cranial sacral therapy for our clients. And it was because there was no one in the area that did it. And it was a huge need for babies and breastfeeding and whatever. And I was tired of being on call. It was super demanding having that schedule. So a schedule was like what propelled me to pivot. And then it ended up being, um, that I made way more doing cranial sacral therapy. I was filled a significant need, like people drive hours to come for cranial sacral therapy. So it was a really great shift, I think, for our schedule, because then it went from being on call two weeks at a time or a month at a time. And just being like, and if, you're on call as a doula, you're either gone, like you could be gone for like four hours or you could be gone for like three days, depending on how you have things set up. And that just wasn't sustainable for our family. So shifting to cranial sacral therapy, it was a great way for me to just schedule little four hour blocks multiple times a week to meet clients. And that was, I think, huge. Um, but it was, yeah. So I don't know. I am. I love the pivots. When did you know that you wanted to make the change? Like, what was it? Was there any like certain thing that happened in your life or was it over time just building up with the scheduling? And So I think part of it was I saw a lot of clients. I had a string of back labors in clients. I had, and I don't know if either of you have had a back labor or just a long labor. They're like, are really, they're awful. And people who work through them are champions because it's just like when a baby is malpositioned and it can just be a really painful, long labor. And I was like, I have to figure this out. And then I, so if a baby's positioned well and your body's in balance, which helps baby position well, then labors a lot quicker. And I had a lot of clients that weren't comfortable going to a chiropractor or getting that form of body work. So then I had asked someone in the area, I was like, hey, who does, is there a gentle way to do this um, that I can offer my clients who aren't comfortable with chiropractic? work. And someone had recommended cranial sacral, which I knew about from when I had a brain injury, which is its own story. But I, yeah, so that was kind of like the first part. And I don't think I really knew what I was getting into at the time. And they kind of slowly both like, it wasn't like a clean cut thing. I just built one while doing the other. And then one kind of took on the life of its own. So yeah. 
And then the more, the less I wanted to do births, like I love doing births and every birth worker will know it's hard to say goodbye to doing births, but you're like, I'm just going to say, see you later. We'll see you later. But, um, but the, like, it takes so much emotional load for like a family to support and different things like that. So I ended up, I had a lot of fun like building a market and I do like going into like blue seas. So sometimes I'll get really bored or do I, how do I know this until it's end? So I think it was also just intellectually interesting to me too, where I was like, how do I master this? Right. It's the, I agree. The learning piece um, of pivoting is always exciting. It keeps you, because you're usually pivoting into something that's a little different than what you did before. Um, so I agree that that's exciting because it, you're, you're like reinvigorated with the learning process of what it's going to be to do this thing now. And it might not be, you know, like I made a smaller pivot where I was doing Spanish tutoring and now I'm doing more like ADHD coaching and I'm writing a book on ADHD family life and tools. And that pivot was was smaller because I knew I was still doing my own business, but it fulfilled me so much more. Um, and it was so easy to do Spanish tutoring. I've done teaching for years, but the writing the book part, I'd only been blogging for a few years. So that that was different. It's It's been, the editing process too has been really new working with an editor and stuff. So I agree that you, when you pivot to something new, it's like it opens up excitement and and change which can be good even if it's uncomfortable sometimes yeah and i do think it was great um oh my network was huge like having an expertise within like the childbearing year and then already knowing all of the midwives and all of the birth workers and that was like a huge help in me transitioning into focusing on like pregnancy and childbirth and the newborn within cranial sacral therapy that it wasn't hard to get referrals in that new space. Like I was able to use all of those skills to like work there. So what are some ways you guys adjust or maintain agility if you've been like forced to pivot and you need to like kind of cope to keep your head in the game? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I know most of, I'll kind of always muse that most of life is a mind game and (laughs) that we're just, we just got to keep our head in the game and all of life like labor is a mind game. (laughs) And so sometimes when we're being forced to pivot, whether it's a layoff or something, having tools to help help us address that can be huge. So you mentioned coaching and having a coach. Like what are there other resources that have been helpful to maintain agility or free or have you noticed in times that you've frozen before? and how that impacted things or just paused. I mean, I need our mastermind group and us, the fact that we get together and talk about business and our life and um, that we're working on this project together and having other business women to talk to about shifts I might make. That's been really important to me. I think it's part of the reason why we want to offer this Her Enterprise for other women, because if you are going to do any pivot, um, you want that sort of community 
to give you ideas to bounce off of. And, or if you're just feeling down and you need that pick me up, like, you know, my client canceled and this was a big project. This was my month salary or whatever, you know, all those things can happen. And go ahead, Melissa. With the masterminder, just a group of friends who, you know, are, you know, who have similar values or goals or are trying to head in the same direction. The nice thing is that they help bring a different perspective during those conversations is if you're unsure about something or you're just not sure what the next step is, maybe having that group with all their experiences helps, I think, with, you know, maintaining agility because they're bringing in like, oh, well, have you thought of this? Or um, maybe this is a different opportunity. Yeah. So No, I agree. It sounds like Kelly's mindset. I mean, it is. It's a mindset game. So if you're getting new frameworks or new ideas and perspectives from other people, you're upping your mindset game because you're looking at it a new way. I know I've noticed like how much creativity can be a solution in crisis. And so sometimes when something happens, like I've noticed if I have a week where suddenly I don't have clients and I'm like kind of in a panic or I let I go down the what if cycle in the mind game that I just kind of freeze and I'm not coming up with solutions to like propel me forward into a better space so that then if I can like get out of fight or flight or I'm aware and I, you know, do the deep breathing and just not allow those, that thought pattern of what if and getting caught in that cycle and then just staying present, that those are places that allow creativity and problem solving when I'm kind of forced to be in a situation that I didn't plan on being in. And yeah, I think you're right. Having those mastermind communities where other people are around you encouraging that creativity is a huge help. Um, Yeah, I think that's, that's huge. But also like, for me, yeah, like recentering and just centering your mind and your body and just being present. And Michael Hyatt has that thing of like, what possibilities does this um, problem bring? (laughs) And so, um, yeah. And if, yeah. And again, pivoting is solving a problem, whether it's a problem that was forced on you or that you recognize and have solutions for. Like, especially now with COVID, something that, I mean, I'm still not sure exactly what's going to happen, but I can foresee the pivot in the future is, you know, schooling with children. It wasn't planned for me to be a homeschooler this year. You know, that wasn't part of my plan. And I'm just of the thought process that I really want to keep that distance, even if schools are starting in fall or whenever this is released. Um, (laughs) I just, I still want the space. And so I really need to consider homeschooling. I really need to take that as a big possibility. And like you were saying, to maintain agility, one of my things is like looking for the information, doing the research. And so this week right now, as we record this, I am participating in an online conference that's free that is all about childhood education. And so because I foresee that in my future, the way that I prepare for this pivot is like, I'm going to look for the information. I need to find 
you know, where can I find the information? And I'm going to the people that I trust. You know, uh, if, if I want to learn about money management, I'm going to go to people I trust in money management. Uh, the reason I'm doing this parenting conference is because one of the speakers is someone I've already been exposed to and I already, um, you know, jive with their ideas. And so finding the information, but from resources you trust are a big way to kind of maintain that agility in a pivot. I so agree. And I also agree that education is going to totally shift that from my education background. Yeah, it's, I think it's definitely shifting a lot. Um, and I'm completely homeschooling this year after only doing it partially with my son two years ago and now doing it for my kindergartner. All three of my children will be homeschooled this year and I'm definitely prepping for the school year. So I'm right there with you. You have to start finding those, those masters, like you said, that you trust so you can feel secure that you're making the pivot. That's going to be smoother if you feel like you have the knowledge to help you make the change. <laughs> it's fine. We did partial homeschool last year, so I think this year will be it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I, that's the other thing. Like we also do our meditation or whatever relaxing activities we can do for dysregulation if we're making a pivot that we didn't choose. Like me, I was supposed to be building my business this year and we got into, we ended up buying a house, which took up a couple months. And then we finally got settled and I could really get to work on my mini retirement year. The kids came home. So, you know, Mm. it's like, you have to also figure out um, how to find your Zen when you didn't choose a pivot and you know, you've got to keep moving forward, whatever tools for dysregulation you use um, to find that peace. What are so? What are some tools that we feel like are essential or really helpful for us to pivot. for to, for pivoting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So yeah, for, I have that. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, tools that were really helpful for pivoting and that I would recommend everybody do is that mindfulness and keeping your head in the game so that you can be agile and creative. And so I think keeping that in mind and noticing when you're like pausing or freaking out that there's a way to kind of move out of that space. I know for me, um, I like to journal my quarters, kind of like what I want to get done for the business, whatever I'm working on. And just going back and reviewing my quarters can give me an idea if I need to make a pivot, like a small change, if it's a small change in business. Um, that's always been helpful for me to just go back and look at what I wrote, what my goals were, and do I want to adjust them? Um, I completely adjusted my business based on my feelings, um, between quarter one of this year and quarter three, I totally switched because I didn't feel satisfied with what I was working on. If I didn't have those goals written out and the journaling time I spent writing out my thoughts and feelings about what I wanted to get done, I wouldn't have realized I should have pivoted. I might still be working on something that I didn't have the passion for anymore and mine actually like piggybacks off that um goal setting um i think a super useful tool and if you can take a couple minutes to just start a list of 100 things 
what are a hundred things that, you know, you kind of want to get done. I don't like calling it a bucket list because it's not, you know, dependent on, you know, when the last day is, but having that list of a hundred things meant that, yeah, when you're forced into a pivot, you can kind of have somewhere to go and maybe they weren't your goals for this particular season. Um, but you can go back and be like, oh, you know what? Now I have time where I can maybe focus on learning that Spanish or going, you know, like I always wanted to do a mud run. Like, let's do something fun for a little bit when we're forced into a pivot. Let's take, let's find some joy um, to recenter ourselves. But I did exactly what you, you said, Nicole, which is I went back, I make year goals and I went back to those goals and I'm like, what of this? during this forced pivot of quarantine, what of this is still applicable? What of it do I need to let go of? And then what, you know, what can I bring in from my list of 100? Oh, I love that. The list of 100. Hmm. That's awesome. And then I have a list of questions that maybe I'll be able to include as a download, but it's how to maintain creativity in crisis and kind of getting your head back in the game and bringing your body back into that space where you can move and not feel like you're freezing. So, um, yeah, so I'm glad we were able to have this discussion today and I'm super excited for all of your pivots and the, (laughs) the babies that come out of your transition (laughs) but how we how this transition plays out for all of us so all right best to you guys great talking thank you guys so much this is great thank you change makers for tuning in to the her enterprise podcast episode 005 where we talk about pivoting Whether it's a planned pivot because you want to change directions or it's a sudden surprise, pivoting is an opportunity to find a solution for problems. And today we discussed a few of the tools that we find useful for helping us in those moments of change. For example, find a mastermind group, find a mentor, do some of that deep breathing. Whatever you do, Just remember, like Kelly said, life is a mind game and we've got to keep pushing forward. We've got to keep moving. Next week, we will be interviewing Nicole, one of our Her Enterprise members. And I am so excited for you to listen in to that interview. The ladies from Her Enterprise are a woman's collective of knowledge, inspiration, and connection. We are changemakers. This is a podcast for the whole person. It is for you and your business. Let's grow. Let's flourish. Let's rise with Her Enterprise. Are you ready to be a changemaker? Hit subscribe.